When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. He's got five rushing touchdowns and now six. Tied for the most all time. The Hall of Famer Ernie Nevers, the only other in NFL history to do it, and that happened in 1929. Alvin Kamara with six. And honestly, I'm not trying to make excuses. It was embarrassing today, but, you know, we've got, we're missing uh, three, four defensive linemen. We're missing a safety. We're missing three uh, corners. We're missing... Six linebackers, I believe, from where we started. I mean, you know, just we're just a little undermanned, but that's still no excuse. These guys put on an NFL jersey and they got to play. And welcome into Mackie and Judd. Philip out today. He's going to be out most of the week. So it is uh, Zolgad and Declan Goff on this Monday. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. And that, of course, was a highlight or a low light if you're a Vikings fan of Alvin Kamara scoring one of not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six rushing touchdowns on Christmas Day against the Vikings. And, and then, of course, um, head coach Mike Zimmer reacting to the destruction by saying he didn't want to make excuses, but here were the excuses of why his defense gave up. Uh, I believe it was 583 total yards, a brutal day. Um, we play that not to rub the salt in the old wounds. In fact, if you do want to go back and uh, hear what Declan and I had to say as far as pie charts of blame and Viking statements, check out uh, Mackie and Judd. We did a special Saturday edition and also Purple Daily as well. So if you'd like to go back and hear um, our synopsis of the Vikings game, you can certainly do that. Or uh, if, if you want some great fun, go check out uh, the postgame vent line that we did, which uh, has a lot of people joining us to commiserate about that uh, debacle. No, we uh, we played that because I decided last night that with the Vikings now at what Declan six and nine, mm-hmm. uh, nice. yeah. and one game, and one game left um, against Detroit on Sunday at Detroit, that it is time to look ahead not to Sunday's game against the Lions because that game is going to be awful and hopeless, but rather to look ahead to 2021. And so Declan, I have prepared. Um, way too early 2021 Vikings predictions, both on the offense and the defensive side of the football. In, in fact, thank you. Reckless speculation. I was going to say it's going to be it's going to be reckless. It's going to be um, uh, probably incorrect. But I say this: 
who cares right now? That's right. The season's done. Yep. The Vikings are going to be, well, here's the problem, too. You know what they're going to do. They're going to win seven games. Yeah, they'll, they'll win seven. <laughs> that, Lions, up. Yep. That, that Lions game, I tuned in for as little as I possibly could on Saturday. They were playing host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit. Uh, their, their coaching staff, including interim head coach, um, our old friend Daryl Bevel, was sidelined because of COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. And um, the Detroit Lions, let's just say... Let's say that if the Vikings defense appeared to be, and I think this is a fair statement, disinterested on Friday, on Christmas Day, the Lions basically said, that's nothing. Hold our beer. Here is what we can do, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 47 points against. So it's going to be very difficult to avoid win number seven, although I would say that if you're the Vikings, I would look long and hard at finding a way to make Detroit feel good about itself at Ford Field to end its season. All right, so way too early, 2021 predictions. I've got them on the offensive and defensive side of the football, Douglas. Okay, I'm putting films music on. Thank you very much. Okay. Offense, prediction one. Okay. And I, I think I'll start with the ones that I think are are entirely realistic. Irv Smith will lead Vikings tight ends in receptions and touchdowns wow. next season. T- tight wow. ends. Not oh, tight, pl- ends. tight ends, okay. Not players. Not, bad. not players. That could have been bad. Not players, yeah. No, tight ends. Tight ends because this guy has the talent. This guy is the type of tight end that I don't think the Vikings have really had for quite some time. Mm-hmm. They've had this guy before, uh, but Kyle is definitely not that guy. Um, Conklin, not that guy. Irv Smith is a hybrid to me. And so I think that Rudy's probably going to be gone. And I don't see a good reason why Irv Smith will not be a primary target of, I'm assuming, Kirk Cousins in 2021 and lead the tight ends, again, to be clear, in receptions and touchdowns. I think that's probably going to be your, and I'm not poo-pooing it, but your most vanilla of these three moves, yes. I'm guessing, because, number one, I just think Rudolph is gone. Um, I, you have some cap savings that are there. He's up there in age. Herb Smith is one of the more dynamic tight ends emerging. I think Tyler Conklin's a very nice complimentary tight end. I don't think he's a tight end, a 1A tight end, but I, I see no situation where Kyle Rudolph is on this team next year. So I, I think it's a very fair take to well, say that Herb Smith will. Keep in mind, though, he's going to come back to them. That. My guess is he's going to come back to them, them and offer to take a pay cut, and they mm-hmm. like him a lot. I think that Kyle should, if they're making a business decision, he won't be back. He's going to come back and say, I will restructure. Uh, they, I'm not convinced they will say no. I think if it was a different player, they might. I think if it was a player who they didn't like as much, but I think they love him. And I think to him, it's going to be important if he can to have uh, started and possibly finish his career as a Viking. I can see that. So I'm not so sure that he's not going to make every attempt possible, including uh, giving the team a discount. To come back. But I do think that we have clearly, if the Vikings are smart, turned a corner when it comes to what Irv Smith can do. And Irv Smith, I know that he might not be perfect when it comes to his assignments, which probably needs to improve during the course of the um, of the coming months. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that could definitely have a major impact. Uh, forecasting predictions for 2021 Vikings offense, too. Justin Jefferson will lead the entire National Football League 
with 14 or more receiving touchdowns. Wow. Wow. Justin Jefferson, and I could see a case if this goes as it should, mm-hmm. and that's big if, if this goes as it should, Justin Jefferson has a case where I think we could be talking about him at this very time in 2021 as the calendar gets set to turn as the best wide receiver in the National Football League. We we are right now, uh, today, ha- having that discussion about uh, Devontae Adams. Sure. Yep. Okay? 100%. But that changes constantly, right? It does. L- like, Michael Thomas last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't ordinarily go, hey, this guy, it's uh, year three and he's the greatest. <laughs> so I could very easily see if the Vikings elect to use Jefferson Wright, and he's going, the scary thing is develop. he will develop more so. So if he is going to develop more, 14 or more receiving touchdowns, and I think that there very well could be a case to be made that he will be in 2021 the best wide receiver in the National Football League. I mean, this guy has stud written all over him. Uh, we, we've kind of said before that it was mall practice, that he was barely used in the first two weeks of the season. Ever since then, he's been arguably a top five, top ten wide receiver in all the National Football League. Yes, I think as of we sit here today on December 28th, still in 2020, unfortunately, uh, Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver. I'll probably make the case that DeAndre Hopkins is right behind him at number two. And then I think it's completely up for debate. I think it's up for interpretation on who you want to fill out that top five with. And, and hey, you could put Adam Thielen in there. You can absolutely can right now, right this second. Um, but I think where Justin Jefferson is heading going into next season and being younger and flashier and this dynamic receiver we never thought he could be, I, th- I I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's leading the NFL in touchdowns. I wouldn't be shocked at all. He already has 79 in, in, in 13 games, and he was barely targeted in the first two. So this guy can absolutely play. I'm for it. All right. Offensive prediction number three, way too early for uh, 2021. This is the bad one. Okay. Dalvin Cook will play 12 or probably far f- fewer games. Dalvin Cook's workload, if you look at the history of players at his position the workload that he has taken on in 2020 has been nothing short at times at least especially post bye week of ridiculous he will play 12 or probably fewer games um and i point to exhibit a christian mccaffrey in carolina who was an absolute workhorse in 2019 and who is basically been dinged up with something that has cost him significant time. And by the way, this does not mean that McCaffrey or Cook are weak or something's wrong. But when you get used the way that those guys have, and and look, the one thing, and I know he did get hurt, but Adrian Peterson deserves credit throughout the course of the majority of his career with the Vikings for being a freak. He was a complete freak. The fact that he didn't get hurt more was probably astounding. Um, Cook has been hurt before. He, for the most part, has done a very good job of being able to um, stay on the field in 2020. I get all that. But when you are putting the workload, and I'm talking about the touches, so I'm talking about the rushing attempts and the uh, um, catches as well, so the total touches that Dalvin Cook has had, I don't see any way, and history basically tells us, that this guy is going to be hurt at some point in time. And, and guess what? It could be an accumulation of things, too. It could be it could be a foot. 
in week two. It could be a knee or a, a groin in week eight. But the point is, we have enough evidence of guys who have gotten the workload that Dalvin got, and he did a great job. Now, I would ask you this. I would ask you, um, given that you just signed him to a contract mm-hmm. and that you wanted to keep him healthy as long as possible and that you knew for the most part that any success in 2020 post bye week was fool's gold, was it worth it? But the Vikings clearly thought the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. Zimmer, I mean, they they came they came back after the bye week, and they basically called in Kirk and Dalvin, and they said to Kirk Cousins, Kirk, give us the keys to the car. And Kirk's like, why? And they said, because we're giving them to Dalvin Cook. And, and look, that does not mean that Kirk didn't have, after the bye, a nice season. It does not mean that he didn't contribute. I am not bashing Kirk. What I'm saying is, if you're a Kirk fan, look at what happened to this team starting with the first game out of the bye at Lambeau Field, and look at how things changed. And don't forget that in the two games coming out of that bye against Green Bay and Detroit, both wins, Kirk Cousins averaged averaged 17 passes per game in 2020. And that's because the shift was on for this to be Dalvin's offense. And, and the Vikings were all in. Now, I think it's going to catch up to them big time in 21. And, and I don't know if there is the guy behind Cook that can step in and have success. And I would have argued that I probably, if I had been the Vikings and I was a coach or GM who just got a contract extension, I probably would have put my eggs in the 2021 basket. Because I do think that there, is, there was or is, I think there is a chance for success next year. Um, I think we saw enough going into the bye to know, especially defensively, that if you were going to get wins, it was going to be basically just um, throwing stuff at the wall. And you'll get some, but clearly not enough. But prediction three is it's going to catch up to the Vikings and Dalvin, and he will be lucky to play 12 games. Just look at his touches and the... Yeah, look at his touches over the last four seasons and the time he has missed. So 2017, he tears his AC after four games. Let's let's just kind of throw that one out just for the sake of this argument. In 2018, he plays in 11 games. He has 173 touches. Okay? Decent amount. Now, I don't think that's anything that's uh, insane, but it, it's, it's, a, it's an average amount. 2019, he plays in 14 games. And he has 303 touches. Now through 14 games in 2020. So the same amount of games played. He's already now up to 356 touches. So he has 53 more touches with the same amount of games played from 2019 into 2020. And by the way, there is still a Week 17 game left, which I am sure, I am absolutely sure Mike Zimmer is still going to give him the ball 25 to 30 times. you got to sit him. But he's not, though. You've got to sit him. And Zimmer's not going to do it. You know he isn't going to do it. If I am Spielman, I, I call Mike in and say, I am pulling rank right now. You are going to sit Cook. You're not playing him. There is no reason to play him. There's zero. I don't I don't want him to get five touches. What are you playing for, Pride? If you're telling me if Alexander Madison can play, Declan, and you are telling me that my head coach says, you see that Detroit team? Yeah, they just lost, what, 47-7 to to Tampa Bay. A little bit concerned about him. I need Dalvin. I'm going to say we really need to talk once that game is done about your future. And we need the Wilfs here, too. Um, I don't care if it's Madison, who, who I guess 
in, in like six carries against the Bears, suffered a concussion. I don't care, seriously, if it's Mike Boone, Amir Abdullah. Uh, it can be all three of them, Your for all Stella? I care. My dog Stella can carry the ball. Absolutely. Yeah. She's slithery. Yeah. Um, but you know who's not going to? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, I told you this on the um, the shows that we did. I forget if it was on Purple Daily or Mackie and Judd on Saturday. I told you this. I'm not playing Cousins. I'm playing Mannion. Screw it. I've got no reason to play these guys. Like, what am I concerned about? A seventh? I'm going to be seven and nine. Okay, six. I'd rather be. I would far rather give Detroit every chance to come back and win that game mm-hmm. and get my draft pick. And look, guess what? It benefits Zim too. Like, there's no upside to anybody. Who who gets the upside? Um, and guess what? If Mike Boone plays and plays great, and they they win, okay, I took a chance. Mike Boone played well. Right. Good for Mike Boone. But like, there is no. There is zero upside to playing Cousins, to playing Cook, to playing anybody I really care about. Right. There's zero. Yeah. And if you're if you're Zim, you want the higher draft pick. Because mm-hmm. you know what? On draft night, you're going to be in my room if I'm Spielman telling me, got to take that defensive tackle, right, Rick? Got to take that DT. So if you're the Vikings on Sunday, or going into Week 17, I should say, you're going to want the Chargers to win, the Cowboys to win, I believe the Broncos to win, and yeah. Carol like there's there's going to be a potential of about six to seven teams with six wins. So <laughs> that, so then the tie and then you had tiebreakers in there, and I'm not going to try to figure that out right now. But just looking at Tankathon, if the, if the draft was right now, the Vikings would be picking at 13th. But you know what I can control? Me, I can control my loss. Right, for sure. So if so if if you can get the loss, that puts you at six and ten. And teams that are that already have six wins right now in the NFL, Dallas, L.A., San Fran, New England, you're going to want all those teams, obviously, to win yep. so they can get to seven wins, and then you can leapfrog them and hopefully maybe get into 11. I don't think you can. I know there are some listeners that said there's a possibility the Vikings could get the 10th overall pick. I don't know that just based off the, the mock draft here, but you can, you can put yourself up in the conversation more. But I can't get that pick if I beat the Lions and I'm 7-9. and nine. That is correct. And this would be... The most seven and nine year ever, two thousand twenty. It'd be the most. Hey, you're not eight and eight, but seven and nine. Yeah, feel good about that last win at Ford Field. Bunch of crap. All right, prediction for offensively or defensively? Or no, you're no, right. these are all six defense. All off. All six. I've got five. I've got five offense ending with a bang. Three defense. Hilarious. Prediction four offensively. Ezra Cleveland will not be the Vikings' right guard on opening day of 2021, but he will be the right tackle because Brian O'Neill will be moved to left tackle. Okay, I like it. Reeves going to be gone. Um, they, they basically screwed him because they brought him in when if they had cut him or he had elected to be cut, no one was going to sign him. They cut his pay substantially. Now, he does stand to benefit greatly if he plays the entire game against the Lions on Sunday, so I'm sure he will uh, because of bonuses that they rewrote into his contract. But I think the relationship and with what Reef was due to make in 2021, I think that's going to come to an end. I originally thought that Cleveland would probably just play left tackle, but O'Neal, my guess is because we're. I think we're going to go back to actually having OTAs and uh, the um, June... Mini camp. I think they're probably going to see if O'Neill, who's good at right tackle, can shift to left tackle and then plug in Cleveland, who's been playing right guard at right tackle. Just a guess. 
Uh, but that ends with it ends with this one for my offensive predictions. This is a pretty good one. Okay, I like it. Gary Kubiak will not be back in 2021. Ooh. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins will have yet another OC. I like. I, I, wow, I don't. I this don't. Is hot. I don't think Gary Coop. I don't think Coops. So Coops came here two years ago as a offensive advisor. Yeah. Slash assistant coach, mm-hmm. head coach, and I, the agreement was: Hey, come in here, help Stefanski, tell him what you know. Basically, you know, share your wisdom with Kevin. Kevin will call the plays. And Coobs, I think, said, yeah, this sounds great. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a football job, but the stress is not really there because I'm not officially the OC. And then Stefanski took the Browns job, and um, they went to Coops and begged him. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. But he, this guy had health problems when he was coaching the Houston Texans. He, had, he stepped down after, um, what, Super Bowl win or shortly thereafter with yeah. the Broncos because of concerns about his health. His offense, as it runs now, has some great fundamental principles that are still that are used far and wide. But he also doesn't do a lot of things that people in 2020 slash 21 do. The motions and there, there's there's a lot of principles in the Coob's offensive scheme that I think people like. There's also probably a lack of overall creativity that is necessary yeah. between between that and I think the OC job is a pain in the ass. Like you're criticized if things go wrong. The pressure is dialed back up. He's had health concerns. I think there's a very good chance that despite the fact the Vikings will probably ask him back, and I think Zim likes him a lot, mm-hmm. that Koobs is going to say, you know what, guys, it's been fun. Thank you. But I've got a bleeping farm in Colorado, and I've got plenty of cash in the bank. I will see you later, and that the Vikings will have yet another offensive coordinator in 2021. It's the same thing I believe I told you on Mackie and Judd last Monday after uh, the loss before the Saints, and it was, look, I got this great Volvo in the garage, okay? It's got a V6 in it. It turns. In fact, it's got all-wheel drive. Well, that's great, but it doesn't have lane assist. It doesn't have collision control. It doesn't have things that make you better in 2020 and, and, and make you safer around you and it makes everyone else better around you with the features it, it, it is. And that's Gary Kubiak right now. I mean, Kubiak is a nice coordinator. He's won a Super Bowl. He's had principles here. I don't know if he's first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think there is a case to be said he could get into the Hall of Fame one day. As, as, a, head, as, as a coach in mind, he's, he's a very smart dude. Very smart dude. But with the way the offense is being built right now and the way I want my offense to be tailored in 2021 going forward, I'm sorry it's not with Gary Kubiak. And that, if, I don't know where you find that offensive coordinator, that new philosophy, you know, they, they tried that. Remember, I mean, they tried this with the, with the Filippo. And I know there was some revenge involved. With, like there was some revenge. That, oh, we're going to steal what the Eagles did. We're going to apply those philosophies here. And it blew up catastrophically. But I don't know who can replace Kubiak. I'm curious who those names would be. But I'm open to moving on to him is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I don't think Zim is going to fire Gary. I think that Gary is basically going to say, I didn't sign up uh, to do this when I came here, so I'm gone. So I don't think it's going to be. Okay, yeah. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, Zim fires another OC. I think it's going to be OC says I didn't want to do this. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean your point is a very intriguing one because DeFilippo's philosophy with Kirk was supposed to work, and it didn't in part because of Kirk. And I don't know where they turn 
but they have to have, I mean, you can, I'm sorry, you can't have Justin Jefferson feeling too, but especially like Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith and have Dalvin Cook be the star. It doesn't, that doesn't work like that now. That's not how offenses are supposed to work. Um, the problem is with Zim. The problem is I don't know that you can get him to go away offensively. He, I don't think he enjoys offense, and I can tell you I really think he despises quarterbacks. Um, but the problem is if things don't go well, he defaults to, well, let's just run. Why aren't we running more? I want to see us run more, in part to keep his defense off the field. All right? But eventually someone has to explain to Mike, Mike, if you are ever going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, we need an offense that runs like we think it should. Now, the dicey thing about saying that is if you get that guy, can Cousins execute it? And I don't know, after what we saw with Flip, that the answer is yes. But I do think, I think Kubiak says bye-bye. All right, let's turn to the defensive side of the ball. Three predictions this time. 2021 Vikings defense, way too early predictions about what will happen. Again, I will start with the uh, with the least exciting and go um, upward or down. Downward, however you choose to think about it. Cameron Dantzler will lead the team in interceptions. Not surprising. Be selected and be selected to the Pro Bowl next season. Here's why. Jeff Gladney, I like. And Dantzler was the third round pick. Gladney was first round pick. Yep. But the thing about Gladney is they're asking him to play inside in the slot. And if Mike Hughes comes back, I don't know if they would then just shift Gladney back outside or have... Gladney, since he played a lot of this season in the slot, stay there. But Gladney's future as to where he's going to play to meet is more uncertain. And if you play inside in the slot, that's a really, really demanding, tough job. Dantzler is going to be left alone outside. Dantzler showed, I thought, for a third-round cornerback. Um, Now, clearly, the defense played terrible on Christmas Day. But for the most part, Dantzler, as he progressed, I thought, really improved, showed some things. So I do think the Vikings will have, again, a Pro Bowl corner in 2021. And I'm guessing because he's going to be left outside playing that position, and I love his size and length, that Cameron Dantzler is that guy. I think Cam Dantzler has the best rookie cornerback the Vikings have going forward. That's not to say that Jeff Gladney uh, is a bust by any means, but, I mean, Cam Dantzler was a very good player in college, and the PFF grades, and everyone said, actually, that people are sleeping on this guy. This has potential to be a very good player for the Vikings. He stepped in almost right away and made an immediate impact. Over the last six, seven games, I'm not going to admit what the disaster that happened in New Orleans, even with uh, Drew Brees being a shell of himself. He's been a very, very productive cornerback over the last... uh, over the last six, seven games, I like it. You know, I, I know Pro Bowls aren't are kind of meaningless now, and people kind of eye roll at them. But at the same time, it's still an accolade. It still it still signifies you're one of the best players at your respective position. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fair fair one to assume that Cam Dancer will be both those things. I I actually like it more too if you don't play the damn game because then you just name the teams and you're done. True. The, the thing that drives me crazy is this yep. tortured thing of, well, I'm a I'm a third alternate and no one else wanted to go, so I went to the Pro Bowl. Well, no, you're not a Pro Bowl player. You're a third alternate that they had to pick, okay? But if you do what, what they did now with the pandemic, which is you name the teams and you're done with it. Right. So I actually put more credence in now because we've got the rosters. Those are the Pro Bowl teams. Nothing is changing. 
But yeah, Cam Dantzler takes a uh, another definite step forward in 2021. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> prediction number two: Vikings way too early predictions okay. for next season on defense. Michael Pierce returns. All right, and Zimmer and the Vikings have a top five run defense again next season. They are top five. I think that they. I think that with Kendricks back, I think Barr is going to be cut. But but if he's cut, I think Wilson comes back. Because yes. uh, he he's going to have to be re-signed at probably a pretty penny. I think that's a safe assumption that one of them will be back, not both. But I don't think we appreciate or have taken time to fully digest just how bad Shamar Stefan and Jalil Johnson have been in the interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. And by, and to go back to what we talked about on Saturday, those are Zimmer guys, okay? They're draft picks, and in Stefan's case, he's a Viking draft pick who went to the Seahawks and they brought back, all right? So I'm not excusing it. They are his guys. They failed miserably. But Pierce was the guy that the Vikings signed in March as their, because of their salary cap constraints, their one big splash guy. And he is a load in the interior line, and he can stop the run. And if you look at what he's going to bring, and now let's say Kendricks and Wilson are back as well, and the line should be improved, all right? If you take all of those things... And I think it probably – my guess is that that Zim has not slept well for a lot oh, no. of this season because that defense has been so epically bad. And he is going to move heaven and earth to improve it. I think the Vikings, with Pierce playing now, rebound and become a top-five run defense next season. I think that's pretty lofty. Um I know Michael Pierce. It's very long. Michael dude. Pierce, without even playing a single snap this season and being basically out of football for two years by the time he comes back, is automatically going to be a better player than what the Vikings have right now. I'll give you that. Um, but I just think there's going to have to be more situations there for the Vikings to get more creative. And and look, Kendricks is a nice player. Anthony Barr, I, I think, is very overrated, but is, is better than what they have as well. Eric Wilson's, I think, an underrated and underappreciated kind of player. I think there isn't. I'd have to see more on the defensive line, I'd, and I'd ha, and I'd have to hear more from uh, also some defensive gurus like from Pro Football Focus and even some other assistant coaches that could explain why the Vikings defense can be top five in the NFL. If you're pounding, yeah, no, the, I'm not saying top, yeah. I'm I'm saying top five against the, the run. against the run. Yep. only the I'm and not true. I'm not assuring anything yep. against the pass. Um, and I, I get that, but I still think that's a pretty lofty expectation. Yeah. Just just considering where the Vikings stand right now and 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 plugging in a player who's an upgrade but hasn't played football in two years. Yeah, the problem is that. The two guys that they plugged in were were backups at best. Jalil Johnson was a pick in 2017, and I thought in that training camp that he was going to be good, and he's never developed. He's never developed, and Stefan is a backup at best. So I do think, I think if you go a Pierce serviceable three technique, Kendricks, Wilson, you can stop the run. The pass, uh uh-uh, I don't know. All right. Final prediction. Way too early. 2021 Vikings. I promised you I'd end with a bang here. Daniil Hunter will be traded before the season starts. Oh, boy. Daniil Hunter will be traded sometime probably this spring. Um, He is going to, it sounds like almost certainly, or not him, his agent is going to come to the Vikings and say he wants to be the top paid or one of the top paid pass rushing ends in the league. And again, 
I tell you this, look at the salaries that they're paying to Cousins, to Cook, to some guys. And if you look at what Daniil Hunter will want, he is going to want to be basically paid starting quarterback money. Mm-hmm. And they don't – and if if the cap comes down – so the cap, I believe, is at $198.2 um, million for 2020. Um, it's going to come down because of the pandemic and no uh, fans in the stands. And obviously there have been things that have cost the league cash in 2020. Uh, it's going to come down. It could go as low as, although I don't think it's going to, $175 million in 2021, all right? If Daniil Hunter comes to you and says, I, I want to be paid like Kirk, pay me like Kirk, you can't do it. You can't do it. And the Vikings will trade stars, as they showed with Stefan Diggs. Now, the asking price on Hunter is interesting because he's coming off neck surgery. And the problem there is, is a team going to step up in the spring before he is played and just have a doctor say he's fine? So the next the next surgery, actually, and procedure scares me, and I think it's going to scare teams. But I think that the Vikings are going to come, or he's going to come to the Vikings and want that payday coming off a neck procedure. And I think the Vikings are going to say, we can't do it. And he's got enough time on his contract that he could hold out then. And now you got a big problem. So I think he gets traded. You know, it's a hot one, Judd. It's just, what are you, what are you expecting back? Like, can you, can you actually get a first round pick back for Daniel Hunter who hasn't played in a year and, and is coming off neck surgery? That's what they'll try and get back. Do you think they can? I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but I do know this. You can't pay him like a, a QB. And then you're going to tell him, come back and play and we'll assess from there. And he's going to say, hell no. I'm not coming back and risking my neck again on this contract. Because if he comes back and practices and gets hurt, guess what? He's SOL, right? So this is going to be a real conundrum. I don't know the answer to your question, but all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team. Um, But they're going to, I, I think Spielman's going to be emboldened to a certain point by what he got for Stephon Diggs. I mean, he did. If you look at that trade, and yep. Diggs is great. I love Diggs. But if you look at, at what he got and then compare it to what Bill O'Brien got from Arizona in Houston, um, it's incredible. I it mean, is. what? A first-round pick, another – he just got – he killed – he basically – he did as well as you could possibly do taking a disgruntled player to market, which is going to be what Daniel Hunter is going to be, the same exact thing, a disgruntled player. And so I am very curious, but I – think that there is a a very good chance that the Vikings are going to end up having their hand forced by the Daniil Hunter camp and have to trade him. I understand why they'll have to do it. Um, I don't like it, but right. I don't think you can pay him. It's tough. I think if you can get the, if look, you got a first round pick for a disgruntled receiver and Stefan Diggs, if you can get one for Hunter and plus more, um, I'm listening. I'm definitely, definitely listening. Because if you can figure out a way, I'm still on the quarterback plan. I want Zach. I want the BYU kids to come on the show. I want Zach Wilson. That's who I want. And I'm actually, we're, we're hopefully going to talk to Thor Nystrom this week, or at least I'm going to talk to Thor Nystrom this week to see if the Vikings are solidified, you know, in that 13 to 10 range, what would it take to move up? And also, to credit you, I think there might be a case that Zach Wilson might go before, might go before Justin Fields. Yeah, the, the bowl game helped him a lot. Yeah. A lot of people saw and, that. A lot of scouts saw and that. And how many, you know, like quarterback 
rankings like this. Remember, remember Teddy Bridgewater in his last year in Louisville, yeah, number one guy, around. number one guy. Cam Newton in 2010, ah, probably French first round pick. All of a sudden, is the number one overall pick by the time the combine's over. So, yeah, a lot of moving parts. Still, what do we make a Trey Lance though? I mean, played one. He played a showcase I, game. I, I'm not taking a chance on a guy like that, especially That's from what an FBS me. school. There's zero like, chance have... I'm interested in that. I'm more interested in someone like Kyle Trask, who is far and away not an NFL product by any means. He has gaudy numbers, but he's not an NFL product. I'd be more interested in developing Kyle Trask than I would Trey Lance. And Kyle Trask will go second, third round? I think at this point he'll have to. I, I don't see a situation where he... But Trey Lance, first. I don't get... I just... I don't... I don't know how you can take a kid who played one game. Now, the problem, or what teams are going to do, is go watch his workouts and stuff and be smitten, right? Like, they're, they're going to come back and be like, ah, we saw the workout. It's unbelievable. That still scares me. Uh, I will tell you this, and and you and Phil are going to hate to hear this, but I'm becoming more and more convinced. So so Spielman and Zim got three-year extensions in July that kick in in 2021, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. So I'm becoming convinced that they're going to go, that they're going to meet and then go to the Wilfs, basically, and say, look, Kirk is back. They're going to point to the second half of Kirk post by when it was the Dalvin show, but Kirk played pretty well, right? They're going to point to that and they're going to say, this is our guy. We signed him. Look at what we have. And they are going to convince the Wilfs that they should draft for 2021 and that you are going to see the Vikings ultimately as much as they can try and win in 2021 with with a game plan that is Cook, that is Cousins, and I would not be surprised if that first-round pick is a defensive tackle, a player like that. I, th- I think it's— I'm dead serious. I know. It's more likely it's a defensive player. Because when you are 1-5, and five, right, yeah. at that point, you're yeah. saying top draft pick, possibly quarterback, let's just retool this thing. But what did Zim do? Again, it's fool's gold, but he pulled him out of the fire— they won enough games, and he is going to – what he told the media on Friday defensively is exactly what he's going to tell the Wilfs. I need my guys back. And the Wilfs aren't going to push back and say, but hold on a second, Mike. A lot of guys who fell flat flat on their face on Friday, on Christmas Day, were your guys. Yep. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that you know what? You're right. Barr was out, and Kendricks was out, and Pierce didn't show up, and Hunter was out, right? They're going – and they're going to buy into – yeah, you know what? Those guys come back, and and Gladney has a year of experience now, and Dantzler does, and Mike Hughes comes back, right? Oh yeah, you know what, Mike? You're exactly right. Let's let's go run it back. Yeah, and what do we need? And Mike's going to tell him, I think. Well, hold on a second here. I got Pierce at the nose. I need a three technique. That's what he's going to tell him. Yep. And they're going, you know, and and he's going to tell him, look. On offense, Cleveland can play the tackle now, and O'Neal's developing, and we can create some cap space with Riley Reef gone. I mean, think about this. You can hear this conversation. You can hear this conversation at TCO Performance Center right now, like verbatim. And Mike's not going to, and Rick too, they're not going to say, but you know what would be really nice? Draft a quarterback here and get good in 2024, because they don't care about 2024, especially Zimmer. I know. Because he knows, he knows if they come back next season and they fail, he's gone. So he's going to tell them, "Let's draft a three tech. Let's get, um, let's get Wilson signed. Let's get Kendricks back. 
He's going to say, let's get Hunter back. Dantzler, Gladnier improved. You know, Harry Smith is back. I mean, think about this. You can hear this. You can hear this. And the Wilfs are going to hear one thing. Football. And then they're going to hear this. (laughs) And then this guy is going to show up for OTAs. You like that? You like that? It's running all back, Declan Goff. I don't know if I like it. No, I I knew you wouldn't. I want a quarterback. I think they should draft a quarterback, too. But they're not going to. And they're going to keep saying things like, um, yeah, we got the kid from Washington, right? The kid from Washington. We're developing him. And, I mean, the Iowa kid, too. Nate Stanley, you, you see him play? All right, hold on a second here. Let's transition it's to tough. this. Football. All right, so yesterday was glorious. Absolutely glorious. It was a red zone day. Yeah. It was red zone. The wife is sitting on the couch by me and at one point says, can we just pick one game? I what? Said, I said, no, the magic of Dawn. the red zone is all the games, Dawn. I Dawn. said, the magic of the red zone is every game being on. She, she's like, well, let's just pick one game and watch it. I said, no, this is every game. We're, we're dipping in and out of games constantly. How many times on Sundays this, uh, during the football season does Don even watch football with you? Is it, is it normal? She's at work sometimes. No, no, no. But she decided to sit on the couch and read and, like, you sure. know, play noise. on her phone and stuff. Yep. I mean, but she wanted to pick one game. I'm like, I'm not going to CBS or Fox when I got Scott Hansen here. <laughs> Hardest working man, hardest in working man in business, yeah. with the octo box oh and the quad box. I got quad eight box. I, 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 every game's on, honey. This is great. So I have, I have a slew. I have a slew. I've typed them out. Oh my god! Old school sports dad, right here, folks. Sports dad. Hard copy. Uh huh. Hard copy. Get that Hard right in front copy. of the camera. There it is. NFL observations. In fact, you know what? Fire up. Right back up. More music. Fire okay. up. More music. Right this is going to be lame without music. All right. I'm going to start off with a statement that you are going to absolutely hate. And I apologize in advance, but I feel it. I feel it to be true, so I have to. Statement number one of things, or observation number one of things that I learned in the National Football League. Week 16, right? Yep, week 16. The graphic says... Heading into week heading, 17. Oh, heading you know, into week 17. Oh, uh-huh. Very, very crafty Sports of you. Sports working. Aaron Rodgers might be the NFL MVP. In fact, right now he probably is. Yeah. Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in the entire league. And after last night's game against the Titans, he probably is. Okay. But the observation is this one. Because those two are simple, I think, right now. If the Packers are going to play defense, they are the favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That does not upset me, actually. They've won seven of eight. Surprisingly. They've won five consecutive. And in the past four, they have given up Declan Goff 16 points, 24 points, 16 points, and then in the snow against the Titans last night in a one-sided win, 14 mm-hmm. points. Yeah. The, the point being is Rodgers, Devontae, great players. But if these guys play defense... I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I I think that's fine. Honestly, I thought that upset you. I it, it would. The old Declan would get upset by this. From uh, age birth to twenty seven, would have uh, would have been upset by this. Twenty eight year old Declan is not getting upset with this anymore. I love Aaron Rodgers. I've actually said that forever. I, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers. He's a weirdo. He's a weird guy. I'm I'm a weird guy. Like I, I, it makes sense. 
Yeah, but, but you like your family. Hacker, yes, true. He doesn't like his family. And I won't say anything else about his other deficiencies with other certain people. Um, well, no, you share that. I, I, will, I will not share that. You, with you, this, that's a score north after dark conversation. No, but you do share that problem. Oh, I don't share that problem at all. But, um, but you're welcome to think I do. Anyway, um, Packers, the Packers, the team itself does not annoy me. Okay. Packer fans annoy the hell out of me. And honestly, I think it's flipped with, and I'm sure this is in your observations, the Bears are annoying the hell out of me. Go, Pack, go! The Bears are the ones who are annoying the hell out of me. It, you, can, you can hit it. Go. Bear down, Chicago Bears. How the hell, and I know they're beating up on some cupcakes, and, and that's fine, but how the hell the Bears have squeaked back into this playoff conversation is much more frustrating to me than seeing the Packers in the Super Bowl. Why? I'm dead serious. Why are you frustrated? Because the Bears were were trash, and I hate their coach, no, but, and their quarterback is awful. And no, but you don't want them to make a change. Out of me. But, but you are a Vikings fan. Yeah. Don't you want them to stand pat? Like, the Vikings kind just of. aren't that good. Yeah, kind of. It's not like they're good. It's not like you're both good. I enjoy watching. You're both not good. I enjoy watching the Packers. I, there, I said it. I enjoy watching the Hold Packers in 2020. I enjoy watching what, the Packers. What the, what? I enjoy. what the hell did you just say? I enjoy watching the Packers in 2020 is what I'm saying. Okay, I don't. That's fine. I don't care personally. Yeah. But you're a Vikings fan. How can you enjoy watching? Because I appreciate greatness when I see it. Okay, all right. Fair enough. And I don't see greatness a lot. I am proud of way. you, sports son. You have I, turned I, a corner in I, your... 28-year-old... You know, I, you know, 2020 I'm, was a really crappy year for the world, and I, I'm just going to humbly brag. proud of you. I had a great year in 2020. Okay, like, there, I had some tribulations, but I, I honestly had a very successful and, and, and promising year in 2020. I'm not, I know I'm in the minority there for a lot of people in, in the world. However... Yeah? I, 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 the Packers are legit. They're a fun team to watch. Well, they, they beat play, the crap they, out of the Titans. If they play defense, I think they are legit. I, I, the team offense, that the Vikings beat coming right. out of the bye for the Vikings was a pathetic defensive look, performance. When the Vikings play the Packers twice a year in 2021, I'm always rooting for the Vikings, and I want the Vikings to win. That's just a thing I'm sure going about to that? do. Yes. Go, Pack, go! I think you're full of it. I yeah. think you might be pulling for... Her. A. Raj, Devonte Adams. I think you might be pulling. Get for a Super Bowl, so you can. Sh- so you Matt Lafleur. Please, you're both skinny shut the football fans. Just, I, I, I want, I want the Packers to represent the NFC. Wow. If it's anything, I want Mahomes, Rogers. I don't want Mahomes. No, I'm, w- I'm with you. I'm shocked you're saying this. I have, I have no problem with the Packers. You see, I think that this- you should be thrilled by the Bears because the Bears now are not going to make changes that they should make. I can. See I think that. you should yeah, be really happy that, about that's that. A good out- that's if a good the outlook. Vikings come back. Uh, and are a good team, which they, by the way, could be. If the Vikings come back and are a good team next year, I think you should be thrilled that it very well might be Nagy, Trubisky. Like, explain this to me, okay? Trubisky comes back, and I know that they've changed. They basically, what, gave the OC the play calling duties, Mm -hmm. I think going into the Monday night game that they lost to the Vikings that Nick Foles was terrible in. And so they changed that, and Trubisky then came back and played well. But don't you feel like the whole Trubisky thing is the is the um, well the pressure sort of off? So I'm going to have fun now. Yeah. And so we're going to get to All week right. one, right? Yes. Week one of 2021, yes. and Mitch is going to have a new contract, and and Chicago's got pressure there. I like yeah. that's got some pressure. Yeah. Media pressure, fan pressure. It's not Jacksonville. And I think Mitch is going to be like, oh, my God, now, oh, my God, oh, oh, I am the guy now. And I, 
I think you should be thrilled that's by that. If, if I'm a Vikings fan, this is true. I love this. That's, I think they're going to sign him. That's a good way to look at it. And I think and I think they are going to re-sign him too. He's not good. He's awful. He's not. He made a decision again yesterday. I mean, Jacksonville. God bless them. They are trying to lose so hard, and they're doing a good yeah. job. Uh, Trubisky. It was. I think in the was it late. It was relatively late first half. They're in the red zone, and he just throws this inexplicable pass. piece of crap pass. And it's like if this is a good team you're playing, you're dead. Yeah. I feel you. I am impressed by your Packer. Is it bent? Is that the I don't right? know if it's bent. It's bent. Just... No, but the bent towards the pass. Yeah, very I, impressive. I, it, I just want to watch a good team. And the NFC I, is filled yeah. with just crap teams. It is. It's awful. So that's why. This tune could be fact, changed by I week have, one of 2021. I upset your guy, Cunningham, oh, on Twitter oh, a lot. God. Because I tweeted I'm this. I'm upset at him for most of his Browns take. And by the way, now I'm rooting for them to not make the playoffs. I think okay. it's delicious. I tweeted, I tweeted on Saturday. Because I was watching that Cardinals 49ers piece of garbage, okay? Right. And I tweeted, the last thing on earth that we needed as football fans was another playoff team. Like six was enough. yeah, I saw Six was. And then Cunningham came back. Well, no, and I tweeted it specifically about the National Football Conference. And Cunningham came back with, (laughs) what about the AFC? And I'm like, I would much rather leave a pretty good team out then put the garbage that's going to represent the at the bottom of the NFC in. You know why? Because his Browns actually might miss the playoffs. Oh, I know they might. That's why. Right, right. And the Browns are probably like, they are a fringe playoff team. That's fine. But if you were to tell me right now, the Browns are dead, but we also don't have to subject ourselves to a seven seed of, Mm -hmm. I don't know, take your pick of the garbage that's at the bottom of the the, uh, conference here. All right, I'll take that every time. By the way, those, like the Dolphins screw yeah. them, the Browns yep. screw them. Yep. I don't want the Cardinals, who I like to start the year. I don't want them anywhere near the playoffs. They don't deserve it. And that's uh, the and Rams. I, oh my God! I thought, I thought Jared the, Goff, you suck. I thought the Steelers were bad, and nope, they came back. Ben Roethlisberger came back from the dead, and they're still a very good team. That was a weird game. Yep, that was a weird game. All right, yep. hold on a second here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. yep. Yep. football. Okay. Observation uh, number two. Number two. That was a long observation for number one. Our guy, our guy, Kevin Stefanski, can get far too cute. And here's why. All right. So on Saturday, you, you find out that basically your four top wide receivers have been exposed to, I think, a person with COVID. So they can't travel. They're out. They're out for Sunday's game. Your plane is delayed. You leave late. You are basically in flux. All right? You then, against the Jets, run the ball. So, again, I said this, Dex. Your receivers are out. Like, you're going with tight ends and practice squad guys. You run the ball, and you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You run the ball 18 times, including three carries by Baker Mayfield. And you have Baker Mayfield throw 53 passes in a 23-16 yeah. loss to the Jets. Right. Mayfield, within the course of this game, is sacked four, four times, fumbles three times, loses two, and Chubb and Hunt combine for 15 carries for 39 yards, and now you might not make the playoffs. Yeah. You're playing the Jets. You're playing in the elements in New Jersey. And you have Baker Mayfield 
with basically makeshift wide receivers throw 53 passes? Kevin Stefanski, what are you doing? Here, here's where, and I, again, would love a pro football focus, more advanced nerd to explain this to me. And I, and I give the nerd as a compliment, not as a slight. Um, when you have all of your wide receivers out, and you have, honestly, I, you can probably say the best running back tandem in the NFL in Chubb and Kareem Hunt, at least the most dynamic. It's dynamic, yeah. Not, and I know yeah. what they got down two and a half scores by you know midway through the second quarter, whatever it was. It's the bleeping Jets, Cleveland. It, you're, you're, yeah. you're not you're not you're not going against a staunch defense. You're going against the the bleeping incompetent New have, York Jets. Continue to run the football, and they have a Continue decent run, the run defense. But you have no wide receivers. What are you doing? Yeah, and you have no wide receivers now. If Landry and 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 guys are in there, oh, totally different story. But but you, the fact that there was a point actually, and I know you just read the running back tools. There was a point where both of them combined for ten carries for four yards, and they just abandoned the run. No, keep running it down. Yeah, it's, it's Chubb and Hunt. I don't know. And and this also proves, sorry, Baker, you can't take it over. Baker Mayfield can't take over a football game. He's he's a manager. It was it was as if Stefanski was giving the the middle finger to Zim. Like this whole philosophy was like, right. you see, Mike, you're an idiot. It's like, okay, Mike, Mike might not be a great offensive mind, but you're playing the Jets, the Jets in New Jersey in late December, and you're going to throw the ball with four wide receivers out. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, football. And you know what? They probably won't, but the Browns deserve to miss the playoffs oh. based on that. On he, that garbage showing. He also said it was the lowest he's ever felt in the last, like, 20 years of, as a Browns fan. I said, that has to be an overreaction. I got no response. <clears throat> anyway, what's next? Observation number three. Football. Going to Saturday's tilt between the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders. I hate what the Dolphins are doing with Tua. Mm-hmm. And here's why. So I didn't see this, so explain okay. this to me. So Tua, Tua is the starting quarterback, not playing great. Mm-hmm. But you installed him as your QB. Yep. And once again, with him struggling and you being on the playoff fringe, you take him out and put in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, who, baby. Who was benched. Yep. He he brings you back and you win. Okay? <laughs> That's fine. But I have one simple question. Why did you play Tua in the first place if you were going to take him out when – the pressure is on. And the tweets I got back were, well, the Dolphins are trying to win. Don't you want to win? No. What I want to do is <laughs> I want to develop my quarterback. And look, but if that meant, I would have no problem if the Dolphins had never installed Tua and left Fitzpatrick in. Right. Then I'm fine with it. But basically what you're saying to Tua, and I don't care how mature he, he is, you're saying when you're not playing well, and you are in a situation where you could learn valuable things, tools, tools that you can put in your toolbox for the future, we're going to take you out. So what's the message? Yeah. And then they said, you know, and then I, I saw post game Brian Flores, their head coach, was talking about, you know, Fitzpatrick's our closer, he's our reliever, he's what our Mariano oh, Rivera. On. You don't take a guy as high as you took Tua to screw with Tua. And you don't do that with your quarterback. You know, especially the rookie quarterback, that's your future, man. If this was, if this was Case Keenum, and you know, take your pick with some four, and Jalen Hurts, even I'll even use Jalen Hurts just for this example, like a second, third round pick who has looked fine, but he's also second, third round pick. We don't know if he's the future quarterback there yet. It's it's up in the air. Okay, I can kind of see it. He was struggling. 
Let's take out the rookie. Let's bring in the vet. Let's see what can happen here. Yep. But for, for Tua, who's been playing well, also on a good Dolphins team who's in the hunt to yep. still make the postseason, idiotic. And I kind of, most for the most part, I've liked what the Dolphins have been doing, trying to build with Brian, Brian Flores, but there I don't understand it. I, I agree completely. Yeah. I agree completely. I think the Dolphins have done a good job. But why would you basically get to a point where that QB can learn? Like, are you so, – so the question be, becomes this. The question becomes, who's the most important player on the Dolphins? It, is it some young um, cornerback or safety who, who can get playoff experience? Or the quarterback who needs experience, practical experience, as much as possible. And you're also saying, in my opinion to Tua, hey, look, if the going gets tough and you scuffle, we really don't trust you. And what's you know what what's the case in um, 2021 then, Declan, mm-hmm. when Fitzpatrick's not there and Tua has to get through it himself? Like you bail, like he's the. It just makes no sense. I, I'm with you. Dude. It makes no sense. All right. Football. Speaking of making no sense. Observation number, let's see here, one, two, uh, four. Observation number four. Week week 16. All right. The Jets are going to bring back Sam Darnold. Okay. You start 0-13, and you are on the Trevor Lawrence train. Like, you had that pick. You're 0-13 with three games left. And you are a shoe in. You are, you are, your destiny is you are going to get the guy that I think is probably the e- easily the best quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it's uh, one, agree. one A. I think it's a one, one, probably skip two and then three. Okay. That's fair. Yep. All right. And you are, you are three losses away from, you've got that guy. You're 0 16. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but two teams have done that previously Detroit and Cleveland and so it's been done before it's not like you're the first 0-16 team (laughs) and you somehow beat the Rams and then you beat the Browns and now you are assured of the number two pick basically Jacksonville is going to get Trevor Lawrence Um, I think the Jets are going to not take a QB and I think the Jets are probably going to take a player who they, they like a lot, and they're going to basically run this thing back with a new coach and Darnold. And I think the Jets, what they have done the last two weeks, just from a perspective of the Jets and their fan base, yeah, and hell, their franchise is absolutely criminal. Absolutely criminal. You cost you cost yourself a guy that I think we all agree might be a generationally great quarterback. I agree. What the what are you doing? It's bad. This is class in your and like is Justin Fields the guy? I'm not so sure of that. Yeah, it's 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 pretty mind blowing what they what they're trying to do. Lawrence is without a doubt the best college prospect since Andrew Luck, and I have no idea. I mean, Sam Darnold, I still think might be not even half back. He's just been just buried in, in New York with incompetence, but I have, I have no idea. It's also, it, I'm so glad that I had to deal with seven and nine, six and 10 Vikings. Cause I don't want to deal with being a Jets fan right now. So. Yeah. But if you had that, that year and got the pick right. and did it right, I think you're happy. Like, I think that you can get out of hell pretty quickly and they just haven't. And now they, I mean, what do these wins mean? You just beat the Browns. So congratulations. You beat the Rams. Oh, that's great. And now Jacksonville is going to fire 
Marone, no question, I think. I think he's gone. They're going to get this quarterback. They're going to hire a coach. I don't know whom. Dabo? <laughs> Urban Meyer? Dabo. But they're going to bring these guys. It's just It just boggles my, my mind. All right, fifth and final observation from Week 16 National Football League. Jared Goff is a complete mess. Oh, God. He slides too early on third down that cost the Rams a first down near the end of the first half. He has now thrown 13 picks, and the Rams basically solely on him, okay, solely on him and his inability to have any consistency could miss the playoffs. Their defense is really good. Like, this is a Rams team that, as far as the overall structure, would be could be a fun playoff team if they didn't have a quarterback coached by a guy who knows offense, submarining them constantly. This has to drive Sean McVay absolutely up the wall. I would, yeah. Because Jared Goff, at every turn, it seems like, this season, has submarined his team's chances. And, like, they've got the coach in place, right? They've got the defense in place for sure. They've got the elements there. And it defaults to, you know, the most important position in sports, Jared Goff. And by the way, the Rams <laughs> are stuck as stuck can be, Declan Goff. Oh, yeah. Goff is signed through 2024 with a salary of $34.6 million for 2021. And dead money this offseason, if he's let go, so he won't be, of $49.7 million. That's the dead cap hit, okay? By comparison, Carson Wentz also signed through yeah. 2024, and he is due to make 24.7 mil in 2021, and his dead cash is 59.2 mil for 2021 in Philly if he's let go, so he stays too. But the point is, you make these commitments to a guy like Goff, and what do you do with him? What do you do with him? Yeah. I mean, that performance yesterday was awful. Yeah. When you commit to someone like Goff, what do you do with them? It could be said with the Rams. It could be said a Mackie and Judd or Purple Daily. You know, I, I completely understand it if you don't listen to the right context. But Jared Goff is uh, is an absolute mess. And it's bad. It's, it's sad because the, the Rams have a pretty damn good roster and they have a pretty damn good head coach. And the quarterback is submarining it. Absolutely submarining it. I mean, we all thought, oh, my God, this is unlocked. Here we go in 2018. This Rams team's insane. They're going to the Super Bowl. They put up then what? Three, I think they even put up only three points, maybe maybe nine against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They lay a complete egg, and Sean McVay, who I don't think is on the hot seat by any means, by any stretch of the means, because his quarterback has been so awful. But what do they do? I don't know. I have zero. I have like no idea. Like if he comes back and d- does this next year, they're in huge trouble again. Yeah, and they what they he they, can't execute what they want consistently. They also traded a ton and paid Jalen Ramsey, who's a very good corner, by the way. It just oh hurt. oh, great point, great point, and here's why. Collar and I both said this last year, and it's now more true than ever. The Vikings should have done whatever they could of last year to get him. Yeah, that Viking. If you add, if you add Ramsey, and probably at that time Bench Rhodes, and you've got Ramsey and Waynes, who by the way was not as bad as people think, right? You had a team last year, I think, that could have gone places. But can you imagine, Dex, if you had had? Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, and I don't care what your scheme is, he's great. Okay, so plug him him in. He's going to get it and play and play well. That was the one trade that I said, just go for it. Yeah, just go for I would, it. I would, I would have Damn been, it, I would have been down to do it. I would have been down to do it.
Talk some wolves next. Yeah, let's talk some pups. All right, let's do yeah, that. Let's talk some pups. There were there were a lot of things I didn't like tonight. Um, so you know, we'll dive into the film, um, and I'm sure you know it, we we got we got a good locker room there. Um, we got guys who who want to do the right thing. So you know they they feel the same way. I'm sure um, there are a lot of things we didn't like um, how we played tonight. We didn't play our brand of basketball um, at all, and uh, it, it wasn't a. a it wasn't a something that I felt was, you know, in this this group's mindset right now. Um, but we did have a night like that. Um, the great thing about this league is that you get to rectify that in two days or attempt to rectify that in two days. Well, Declan, I was going to praise the Wolves for that great defensive performance Saturday night. Utah Jazz, a good team. Good team. They go into Utah. They beat them. Said to yourself, that's impressive. Yeah. Wolves are 2-0. and um, defensively, they're engaged. They're you know they're playing pretty well. They're playing smart basketball. It's remarkable. Unfortunately, then we got uh, last night's game, and I know that the Lakers are world champions, and, and I know that Carl Anthony Towns, and we'll talk about this in a second, was out. <laughs> but you lost by thirty six. Yeah. Say this, I will say this for Minnesota sports teams that committed themselves to to losing Friday through Sunday. When they did lose, they lost spectacularly. Like the yeah. Vikings give up fifty two. Hey, fifty two. The most since what nineteen sixty three. Um, the Wolves. I think they trailed by. I want to say by as many as forty two at times last night. Uh, and they go down and lose by thirty six. They come back as as uh, Saunders was talking about there. You just heard the soundbite. Ryan said that they uh, play the Clippers on what Tuesday night. Then in Los Angeles before they return home to play a couple of games. Two and one now. All right. So let's start off with Towns. Don't know if you saw this in the fourth quarter of uh, yep. Saturday's game, but he uh, he sustained a dislocated left wrist. Now, that's the same wrist that he fractured last year, and I think he missed the last 12 games before the pandemic shut things down. Uh, he is expected to be evaluated, I think, now on a week-to-week basis. It will not require surgery. That's the good news. The, ba- the bad news is that there's no timetable on this. We don't know when he's coming back. Nas Reed is a backup. I think he's a nice backup, but he yeah. is a backup. Um, but there's not a lot of uh, choices to replace what is clearly your best player. And uh, let's see what the box score showed us last night, oh, Declan, because I just like to I'd like to re- review really? the box score <laughs> from last night's game. D'Angelo Russell, uh, he played 21 minutes in this game, two for seven from the field, attempted one three pointer, he missed four points, uh, minus 31. Yeah, this is going to be so. So you're the good news is that you're not going to play a team like LeBron and the uh, Lakers on a regular basis. The bad news is that without Cat in there, it's going to be difficult. My guess is he's out for probably what a couple weeks or so. So let's talk about the good. All right, thank you. Let's get to the good because there's. I thought you're going to harp on the negative. Nope, 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 nope. Awful last night. Nothing good. Okay. I got some notes here. All right. Let's start. Let's start with this one. Jarrett Culver. Yes. Okay. So it's one thing to read stories and hear about how a guy who is a really hard worker and and who could play defense basically worked on a shot and tried to improve it. Because, like, you've seen a ton of stories like that or heard that. And you know what? It's always like, okay, yeah, let's see it. Saturday night against the Jazz, 
we saw it. Five of seven from the field, three of three from three-point range, 14 points, six boards. If Jarrett Culver has turned a corner as far as what he can give you offensively, and I'm not saying it's always going to be great, but he looked lost in 2019-20. Yeah, that's safe to say. Saturday night, I think he did not look lost. If Jarrett Culver has turned that corner, that is a that is a, a substantial improvement for this team because the one thing that we know that he's going to bring, if he can play and shoot a smidge, is really good defense. Yeah, this, he was. He's or been the ordinary. most impressive player, in my opinion, through the first uh, through those first two wins. I won't count what happened against the Lakers, but through the first two wins, he he was. Uh, Unfortunately, you have to. Yeah. But yeah, that was. But in terms of the the most positive takeaways I had through the first two games, it wasn't that Cat and Delo were together. It was that Jared Culver looked amazing. Um, he was hitting his shots. We know he's a good defensive player. Uh, last year, he started to turn a corner over the last like 15, 20 games where his shot started to fall in a little bit more from behind the arc. That's great, but it was also you know basically garbage time, meaningless basketball games but if Jared Culver has arrived I mean you're talking about a guy who if if he brings that energy can be a possible six man of the year and he's been coming off the bench so far this season um I've been very impressed I think he is the most impressive player the Wolves have had through the first three games who is next on your list Anthony Edwards I mean Anthony Edwards is is awesome he was great on Saturday yeah 18 it, points on Saturday Eight his energy and and everything his demeanor too obviously you know the Wiggins comparisons I think can already stop I, I think uh it's a hard stop on that I don't know if he's a superstar but I do know he's a dynamic player who's hungry and wants the basketball I, Jim Pete was talking about that too I mean you you can tell that when he he's in the game he wants the basketball he says this is my team I'm going to drive things I want to do it that's why I wanted to see last night you know, them kind of unleash Anthony Edwards. Now the game got so out of hand, basically from the opening tip off. I think it was hard to gauge um, what Anthony Edwards could really bring to that game from a positive standpoint. But fifteen points last night. Yeah, and and, and, and his box score was a little was a little. It, it it didn't tell the full story really of what he did last night. I know Dane Moore was talking about that on Twitter, who is a friend of the show, and I think Jarrett Culver and Anthony Edwards are the two guys you have to be impressive. And then after that would be Josh Kogi too. And Okogie left with cramps uh, in the Lakers game. That did not look like a cramp to me. It didn't look like a cramp to me the, either. The way he went down and grabbed his leg, it didn't look, it looked like he twisted it odd or something. Sure. I, yeah, I it, didn't know what it, it, it was, scary. but it didn't it look like bad. a cramp. Yeah, I agreed. It looked bad. I, I guess the thing that I liked against the Jazz as well is the fact that in that game, there seemed to be a real commitment to playing defense. Mm-hmm. which we did not see nearly enough of last year, and that they've got scoring now. Like, they've got Ant can score, mm-hmm. Culver can score a bit, right? D'Lo for sure, Beasley. They they now are, they now, if healthy, and that, that of course means the Cat has to play, if healthy, they now have some options there, too. And, They've got depth now, right? potentially. Uh, but I really liked, against the Jazz, I really liked the fact that in that game, we saw a commitment to the defensive end of the ball, which, if you go back to 2019-20, how often did you see that? Yeah, you didn't it felt see it like all. almost never. And, I mean, Cat, Cat was engaged, too, defensively. Yep. And that's a huge step up. I think that's what was most impressive is, look, this team's going to try three-pointers. I don't know if they have the personnel to do that. I don't know if they can be the Rockets Warriors, you know, from earlier parts of this decade, um, just making attempting 43s and making 20 of them. I don't know if they can do that. 
Uh, however, they're still going to stick to that formula on offense, and they'll try to get down low in the paint, whatever. But they've got to work. You've got to work constantly, though. But, the, but if there's any chance for them to be successful, it's on the defensive side of the ball. If they can at least be a competent team on the defensive side of the ball. We're not asking them to be, you know, Boston Celtics with, with KG and those guys. We're, we're just asking them to be a legitimate, competent defense. Can they have the pieces to be competent on defense? Culver and Okogie are going to play D and play it well. Yep. That's the one thing I really like. Those two are those two are going to, if nothing else, as an opponent, mm-hmm. make your life hell. I agree. Like they're going to be in your face constantly. Uh, but it feels like now that, that, there's, that there's also other players on this roster along for that ride, which we didn't see. What do you do at power forward? I got your Layman's answer. a mess. I got your answer. Hernan Gomez is, I think he's not good. I mm-hmm. think he's just flat out not that I think good. He's a good bench guy he's in that sense. Okay. Yeah. But what do you do if if you get into rotations yep. that you like? Who's your starter at power forward? Well, who I who I'd want to see there eventually, and he finally made his debut yesterday was Jaden McDaniels. So Jaden McDaniels was the twenty eighth overall pick in this last year's draft. Now he went to Washington. He had a very up and down year with the Huskies. He got in some very big foul trouble and made, I think, a lot of mental mistakes, and it kind of sky or, or, or uh, plummeted his draft stock because a lot of people thought going into the last college basketball season that this guy was going to be a lottery pick. And because of his demeanor and because of some foul trouble, he didn't really have the best year at Washington, but was a consensus top 10 guy for coming out of high school. And he made his debut last night, and you can make a case in, in very limited action in eight minutes. He was the only productive player the Wolves had. I want to see them use this kid. And he's a power forward. He's 6'8". And by the way, and I want someone to explain this to me, yeah. the, the position groups in the NBA are just no longer what they used. Like, the, at least the starting lineup, you know, who you have out there. It doesn't matter It doesn't anymore. matter anymore. This is true. Um, it, is and it's remarkable point. to me, and I don't really understand that. So I know there, there's matchups that go into that. Some guys are going to have a bigger, taller lineup, so you have to figure out how to match that. Some guys are going to just have an all-small ball team. Um, but I, I would like to see... Jaden McDaniels be that guy. Jake Layman's a mess right now. I mean, he has been the most I don't think he's a starter. Player. Yeah, he's not. I just don't think he's a starter. He's not. And look, and Jaden McDaniels was going to be eased into this. He's only played those eight minutes, right, in, in, in three games so far. So I'm not asking when they play the Clippers, yeah. I believe this evening, right? On Monday no, evening, Tuesday. On, on Tuesday evening when they Tuesday. go out there they next, stay, yep. that McDaniels is starting and playing 28 minutes a night. But I do think that would be the guy that you unleash. I, I, a lot of people, even... Draft grade said this was one of the biggest, not steals, but high upside late first round picks of the draft because of how hard he fell and because of his hype. And Why I think not, the hype right? is real. Yeah, no, go with it. I think I think he'd be the guy that you would want want to be there. I, I sort of like that not, one. Not Jake Lehman. But this, and, but sports, sports are and basketball especially are becoming basically positionless. Like more and more, mm-hmm. it's positionless sports. Right. So I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that you have to be. And teams certainly aren't wedded to what we're used to seeing. Yeah. I think that's changed dramatically, which is absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind that. I just, Hernan Gomez and Lehman to me aren't starters. They aren't starters. And they, I don't, I don't know at this point in time exactly with the Wolves as they're currently constructed. I don't know what they bring. Right. Like I, I would prefer to go in your direction and take a chance on something that might work as opposed to, because it's not like this is some playoff established team, right? right. I mean, if, if Lehman and Hernan Gomez, at least just last night, they, yeah, got, they got combined 28 minutes, uh, Lehman 15, Hernan Gomez 13, and then Jay McDaniels eight. I would much rather see 
McDaniels get half of those minutes and just delegate the other half to the other two. Can I give you one guy that Phil liked that I think I've two three games in, I think we've seen what we've seen, and I think it's all we're, go- we're going to see? <clears throat> Ed Davis. Oh, Ed Davis. <laughs> Poor Ed Davis. Yeah. He might be a great locker room guy. That's what he is. He might be a really good guy. I have no idea. Uh, but as Jim Pete so eloquently said on the FSN telecast last night, he's a foul machine. He just gets in and fouls guys. Yeah. I don't think that there's a, much hope there of playing. Reed, I think, can become a player. Yeah, and, he's and fun. I, and I think that I think that Nas has his, his role. It, you know, he, he's not cat, so he shouldn't be starting. But I think he definitely has his role. But, um, yeah, Ed, I think Ed is, he might be a real, real solid veteran glue guy, but I don't think he can play much, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's, it is, that part is too bad. And by the way, yep. do we have any update? Because each time I tweet about the Wolves during the course of, of a game, I get a thousand responses. FSN to YouTube to, do no, we have an update? No, nothing. Is there anything going no. on? No, Sinclair I feel can bad kick for, rocks. I feel bad for, well, yeah, but is it, it it's Sinclair, it, it's the, so so Sinclair charges too much for like yeah. YouTube TV to carry it, right? Yep. But I mean, at some point in time, they got to solve this. I agree. I just, I can't sit here and think that the Wolves, and by extension, in a couple of weeks, the Wild and the Twin, I can't think that they're going to sit here and be like, that's fine. Right, I agree. Uh, and, and I think, yeah. I mean, number one, I have been watching the games through certain websites that I just won't say anymore there. Uh but watch out for those bugs. I know. Um I, I think the last point too and and just kind of wrapping this up is if Kat's gonna be out, D'Angelo, you gotta step up, brother. Like twenty one minutes and the line you had is completely unacceptable. Like I I'm not gonna ask like I would like to see Anthony Edwards get unlocked and play thirty five minutes and, and be that he guy. He was more. lost last night. But D'Angelo, like you can't take the game off, man. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Because they'll they'll point to the back to back. Yeah. And the win on Saturday against the Jazz, they're going to point to that. Yep, I agree. So, so when I and if I'm not mistaken, while the Wolves got waxed by 36 last night in the same building in the afternoon, didn't the Clippers lose by 50 to the Mavericks? Yes, I think that they lost by 50. So, what we need to see from D'Lo on Tuesday night is a huge improvement. Because my guess is Cat being Cat's out for two weeks. Yeah, I I think that's probably fair to say. All right, we're done. We'll be back um, uh, tomorrow, I believe, with more Mackie and Judd. In in fact, we will be back. Chip Scoggins, ordinarily my conduit's a trouble partner. He will uh, join me on Mackie and Judd. Purple Daily this week is going to be largely a look back uh, with uh, yours truly, Declan, and Murph on the uh, 2010 Vikings. Correct, Declan? That is correct. We will uh, talk to you soon.